Welcome to the Pharmacy Podcast Show. You're listening to the first and only podcast dedicated to the business of pharmacy. Hear from independent pharmacy owners, leading entrepreneurs, political strategists, healthcare technology trends, career coaching, interviews about our pharmacy industry, and more. Be sure to subscribe to the show via iTunes and leave us a voice comment from our contact section on the website. You can find all of our episodes at pharmacypodcast.com. Welcome to the Pharmacy Podcast, where I'm your co-host in 2016, focused on your career development, Aaron Albert. More on me over at my website, AaronAlbert.com, and let's connect over at Twitter. My handle is at Aaron L. Albert. So thank you, first and foremost, for all of your comments, listening, and thoughts around the five roads out of retail pharmacy. It was a tremendous success for us at the Pharmacy Podcast this summer. Greatly appreciate your uh, participation in that series. But I, I have to be candid. You know, having my first job in retail pharmacy, I won't say how many years or decades ago that was at this point, but... I started to feel a little guilty about it. And I felt guilty about it because, frankly, retail pharmacy was one of the best jobs I ever had. And in full disclosure, I've worked for two major chains. I worked for Kroger Pharmacy here in the Midwest. And then later on, I worked for CVS Health. And I loved both of those experiences because they taught me how to be a manager, how to be a pharmacist in charge, how to manage several hundred thousand dollar, if not million dollar inventory, how to manage technicians and get people uh, to do things and get things done, especially when there's a crush of customers, uh, the adjudication system is down, and you're out of stock on your fast moving drugs. I'm sure all of you out there have been there, done that at some point, just like me. But despite that, my guilt over having a series about getting out of retail pharmacy started making me think about, well, hey, what are the benefits of staying or having a full career in retail pharmacy? Because there's thousands of pharmacists out there that serve their patients and their communities each and every day in retail pharmacy and stay in it over the long haul, the course, the full course of their careers. So with that, I really wanted to do a series that kind of was 180 degrees from my other series. And so I'm going to call this series The Five Roads to Loving Your Retail Pharmacy Career. And once again, I wrote a quick post about kind of five different areas that I think a pharmacist in retail can focus on to enhance his or her career development over the course of his or her professional uh, time. And so I thought I'd kick off the series briefly uh, going through those five points and kind of discussing some of the guests that we'll be bringing into this series to share with you and kind of some ideas that I use from my own career experience around these five bullets in hopes that it it sparks and gets you uh, thinking about some interesting ways that you can develop your career if you're in retail pharmacy. So if you're interested, I will post the long post again at LinkedIn over in the show notes for uh, this series with Todd and the Pharmacy Podcast so you can read it. But I wanted to briefly go over each of the five points with you to kind of kick off this series. The first point of the five is own it. 
And what I mean by that is acting intra or entrepreneurial when it comes to your retail pharmacy. Now, does that necessarily mean that you have to own the pharmacy? Not really. You can still have an entrepreneurial mindset, entrepreneurial mindset being that you act like an entrepreneur, but you get your paycheck not from a customer directly, from an employer. There are ways by which and methods by which you can act like an owner, but are still an employee. That being said, I think having that ownership-like approach to retail pharmacy and solving customers' problems can be a huge uh, job satisfaction point for pharmacists. And so in this series, I have worked really hard and I have to give a huge shout out to Cardinal Health in particular. They came through with me and gave me some great names of some pharmacy entrepreneurs who actually own their own pharmacies. We're going to talk to them about this experience and how owning a retail pharmacy has specifically enhanced their career development. So more coming on that bullet. The second and third bullets of this five-part series are going to focus more on getting outside of the fishbowl and niching uh, or specializing in your retail pharmacy. So what do I mean by that? In terms of getting out of the fishbowl, literally the first couple of pharmacies that I worked in, both as a student and then in retail as a pharmacist in charge, literally looked like fishbowls. We had glass surrounding the pharmacy um, and it it felt sometimes like a fishbowl. So I always challenged myself as a pharmacist in charge to get out into the community and really understand what the needs of that community are. So for example, my first pick job as pharmacist in charge out of school was with Kroger Pharmacy in Plymouth, Indiana small town, and they were building a pharmacy within an existing grocery store. So part of my responsibility as the pharmacist in charge was really to get out in the community and create awareness about this pharmacy, this new pharmacy that was available to patients and the community. And if you're not familiar with Indiana, Plymouth is a pretty small town. So It was really important for me to get out, shake hands, meet physicians and healthcare providers, as well as um, the community at large. And so that's what I mean by getting out of the fishbowl. And by doing that, you can also create potentially huge opportunities for your pharmacy, whether it's working with an acute care facility that maybe doesn't have uh, have a pharmacy inside of it or uh, nursing homes that are surrounded by your pharmacy. Um, There's lots of different ways that you can engage with your community, but you gotta get out of the fishbowl to understand what the needs of that community are. And then the second part of this two part that I'm talking about is niching it. What I mean by that is understanding the needs of your community after getting out of that fishbowl and then creating niches or kind of -of one-of-a-kind offerings for your clients or your customers that maybe nobody else, none of your competitors have. So again, I think a perfect example of that might be an acute facility or nursing homes, or let's say there's a huge demand for pet meds around your pharmacy. That's a potential opportunity for you to get educated and enhance your own career satisfaction, understanding 
veterinarian medications and partnering um, in your communities around that particular niche. And there are many niches that you can think of in fertility, of course, MTM, um, flu shot clinics. Now is the perfect time this fall to start thinking about that and engaging with your community that way. So that's parts two and three of this five-part series. And we'll have all of our pharmacists kind of address these last four parts of the series. Um, the fourth and fifth are kind of similar to each other as well. And those are stepping up and playing nice with others. So what I mean about stepping up is basically volunteering. So how are you as a community pharmacist living and serving your community that you work in after hours. So for example, are you serving on any nonprofit boards? Are you involved with your state pharmacy association? Are you involved in other organizations that you care about? And there are as many organizations as you can think of, particularly in nonprofit space around health and wellness, plus a million more. For example, I served on the board of the American College of Sports Medicine, and I am certainly not a sports medicine aficionado myself, but they wanted a pharmacist perspective on the organization at large and kind of health and wellness from the point of view of a healthcare professional. So I love serving in that experience. The Healthcare Business Women's Association, which is an international organization and nonprofit of which I am getting myself more involved in for 2017 in our Indiana chapter. And there are chapters all over the country and expanding. So if you're a woman that's interested in healthcare, that's another opportunity for you. If you're a business owner, uh, there are tons of organizations where you can get out, network, and really start stepping up um, in terms of volunteerism. Chambers of Commerce was something Hazel Walker talked about in the past in our past series. Also, networking organizations that are focused on business owners, like the National Association of Women Business Owners, for example. So there are also professional niched organizations in pharmacy practice that you can get involved in. For example, we've talked about, we've had folks on from the American Society for Pharmacy Law. There's clinical pharmacy organizations. There's hospital there's nuclear. There are as many organizations as you can think of in and around pharmacy practice. In fact, in the show notes, I will link up a list that I keep track of all the larger pharmacy organizations and the meeting calendar for these national meetings over the course of the year. So you can take a look at that. Another way that you can step up is through certifications. And although we haven't really had a specific show focused on certifications, this is an exploding area of pharmacist professional development. And also in the show notes, I will link up to a certification tracker that we're using to take a look at all the certifications that healthcare professionals and or pharmacists can attain. And in the course of tracking these certifications, there's now over 150 different certifications that a pharmacist or a healthcare professional can go out and get. So that's another way that you can step up as well. And then last but not least, this last point I think plays very well into stepping up, and that's playing nice with others. And what I mean by that is, is there a way that you can partner 
either inside your day job as a retail pharmacist or outside with your community and people not like you to create something new and exciting or to solve a huge community problem. Now, that can take a lot of different forms as well. Um, getting involved in your government. Um, a lot of them have, you know, substance abuse task force these days. There's all kinds of issues, particularly in Indiana, with rural health versus, you know, urban health. So there's a rural health society here in our state. I'm sure there are in other states as well. But getting the opportunity to interact and play on teams with people who are not pharmacists, I argue, actually enhances your professional job satisfaction because you start working with people who don't necessarily think like pharmacists because we're usually surrounded by people very similar to us, all learning the same things in pharmacy. But when you work with people in different professions, they have different points of view and different ways of thinking. And that actually can, you can bring those trains of thought back into your day job within community practice pharmacy and really create something new and exciting. So that's a summary of the five points that we're gonna focus on in this mini series. I'm so excited about it. I think we've got some fantastic guests to share their wisdom and their points of view with you. And most important, I'm excited for you and your career in retail pharmacy. By no means did I want in any way to detract from retail pharmacy during the last mini series. But I'm so glad I did it because now we're focused on you keeping and loving your retail pharmacy job. My name is Erin Albert. I look forward to working with you over the rest of this mini series this fall. By all means, if any questions come up during the series that you're curious about, please tweet us. You can tweet us at Pharmacy Podcast or tweet me individually at Aaron L. Albert. And we promise that we'll try to do our best to address your questions throughout this series. I'm very excited about it. And go forth and watch for us coming this fall on the Pharmacy Podcast. We hope you enjoyed another episode of the Pharmacy Podcast Show. Be sure to subscribe to the show and send us a voice message with your ideas and comments from our contact section on the website. Did you know we develop digital health content to assist with business development and marketing efforts? Learn how we can help you drive more patients, physicians, and targeted leads to your website. Contact us today at PharmacyPodcast.com.